0: InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. You may have heard about ChatGPT, but you may not know a lot about it. And that's why Pam Baker wrote the book ChatGPT for Dummies. Can you briefly explain what ChatGPT
1: is and how it works? ChatGPT is basically a chatbot like you see on a lot of websites where you ask questions and it'll answer you. It's not a person, it's a machine answering. So this is similar to that, this chatbot, but it's running on top of an AI model. So that's different from the digital assistants like Siri or Hey Google, which are kind of infused with AI, but they don't run on top of AI like ChatGPT does. Exactly how does
0: ChatGPT create responses? Does it really understand language and concepts
1: like humans do? No, it doesn't think. It's a tool. It's not an artificial brain. It's not the makings of a sci-fi AI, you know, that takes over the world. To get to that, which is artificial general intelligence, and that has never been created this far think of GPT as one element that would be necessary to build that. So there's nothing to be concerned of. But basically, this is a very sophisticated tool that predicts based on your prompt. And your prompt is what you type in. It's a query, a question, a command, anything you want to tell the machine to do. It takes what you entered and predicts what words would follow. And then it goes to its database, which is a scraping of the entire internet plus the magic of plugins, data from other places. And that might be from your email, it might be from a math program or a foreign language translation program. It can tap into all that data in order to see which words would best match what you prompted. So think of your command or question. As setting the stage for a puzzle, and the machine then figures out the rest of the puzzle and completes that for you. So it's not thinking, it's just responding. It's kind of like autocomplete or predictive text, but way more sophisticated.
0: Talk about some of the most interesting or surprising uses of ChatGPT that you've seen.
1: Harvard using ChatGPT as a computer professor this year. I find that a very brilliant use of ChatGPT. A lot of people are concerned with its use in education that there might be plagiarism or students may cheat. Those are age-old problems. I mean, as long as there have been students, there have been ways to cheat. And professors generally know how to catch them at that. In this case, the AI has several ways of telling on itself that actually can help professors catch it. But of the educators that really get the value of this particular technology. They know that what it brings to education is personalization. So instead of trying to teach everybody in a classroom the same information in the same way, wherein some students can grasp it and others struggle with it, AI can teach it in the way that matches how the student learns and the pace in which they learn. So, Harvard's use of that as an actual professor to teach people computer science, which is a pretty complex topic, at the pace and in the way they need it, so that every student that finishes it actually masters the information. That's a brilliant application. Another one Instacart using ChatGPT as a plugin. And you're going to see that a lot, Chris. People are more likely these days to run into ChatGPT embedded in other applications. And in this example, it's Instacart, the app used to order groceries.
0: We hear about ChatGPT being trained.
1: How is it being trained and what data is used for the training? Huge amounts of data are used. In the beginning, the database was scrapings off the entire internet up to the year 2021. So it didn't know anything that happened beyond that. Now, you're training on that huge base of data so that the machine can pick up and recognize patterns within the data. And that's how it understands patterns like contents and language usage through that massive amount of communications on the Internet. And so you're training it how language works and how it should be composed and how it has been composed and what can be communicated. Then on top of that, you're using humans or OpenAI used humans to train it as to what responses are acceptable, what is offensive, what is racist. It's, you know, a problem in one way or another that helps keep it on the guardrails of such. So you aim the answers, responses to the user and hopefully a more appropriate and reliable way. Pam, what's the future of AI models like
0: ChatGPT, where's the technology heading in the next 5 to 10 to 20 years?
1: In the short term, you're going to find ChatGPT in everything, just like in Instacart that can be on a smart refrigerator. It can read the expiration dates on your groceries and compose the grocery list for you and even order for you without you doing anything. So you'll find a lot of apps using ChatGPT in, in ways, customer service ways you haven't previously imagined. Since Chat GPT came out, which was actually just last October, 3,000 AI tools have already hit the market. That's how fast it's progressing. Of those AI tools, there's one called Auto GPT. It writes its own prompts, a little bit of a mind reader, not quite a mind reader. It watches your behavior patterns, writes prompts for you so we can complete tasks with almost no human involvement. So, Our entire world is going to change, but the maximum change will come when it's coupled with quantum computing. So there we can accomplish science at incredible speeds. You can do 100 years worth of research in maybe a year to find new drugs and new ways to go into space and all kinds of things we've yet to match. So this is a pivotal moment in our history. It's going to change everything about the human experience. Now, whether all that will be done with the GPT model, which is a large language model, or another kind of AI model is yet to be seen. But the point is, this is the beginning stage, and it's important that people learn how it works and how to use it now. Because if not, you're gonna fall further and further behind.
0: What would you say to people who are worried about their job with ChatGPT or other models taking over a job such as being a writer or something like that?
1: Well, it can be a bit terrifying. No joke. But really, the biggest threat to your job is not ChatGPT, but somebody who's good at using ChatGPT. That's why it's important to learn it. It can write. But keep in mind that ChatGPT is not really what most of us would consider to be creative. It generates rather than creates. So there are some problems with the bot. For example, if you wanted to use it to replace a journalist, ChatGPT cannot gather data on the scene. It can only gather data that exists in a digital form. It would be like, Chris, you were trying to report the news only from a set of encyclopedias then you have to watch for plagiarism and copyright infringements and a number of other legal liabilities because again it is learning from the writing of other writers from the music of other musicians and photography from other photographers and etc and so copyright infringement other legal issues are really going to be a challenge and to the creators though you know some uh, plagiarism can be a problem with some writers true but it's not an accepted practice. And so the writing is truly created or creative. Whereas with ChatGPT, it is generating huge world of difference.
0: Pam, we hear about ChatGPT hallucinating, and they actually admit that. I think when you log on to it, that some of the things may not be factual. What's your take on that?
1: Well, that is one of the problems that I was alluding to and trying to use it to replace human workers. Because, you see, ChatGPT cannot tell the difference between truth and a non-truth. It can only predict what words or mathematical formula or computer code will follow what you enter. So that would be like if you and I were working on a puzzle, Chris, and we put down the corners of the puzzle, didn't fill in the middle. And then some stranger came in and tried to fill in the middle of the puzzle. Well, maybe they would end up with the cityscape we were trying to get to. And maybe they would finish the puzzle to look like, I don't know, a T-model car. (laughs) That's what ChatGPT is doing. Sometimes it gets it right. Sometimes it gets it wrong. When it gets it wrong and it insists that it is right, that's what we call a hallucination. It's confident it gave you a right answer when it is very, very obviously wrong. For the average person listening to us right now, how
0: can they interact with ChatGPT? Is there an easy way to do that?
1: Oh, yeah. You can go online, just type in OpenAI or just type in ChatGPT in the search bar. Click on that link, fill out a simple registration. The last time I checked, all they asked for was your email, I think. And you can use the free version and play with it. And if it seems like something you'd like to work with, you can pay the $20 a month subscription. Use ChatGPT+. The only difference is, if there's a lot of people on ChatGPT, if you're a subscriber, you're given priority. Otherwise, the features are the same. You'll also run into it in Microsoft Word, all kinds of Office work apps and consumer apps like search engines. You know, Microsoft Bing, or Instacart, or Shopify, or Open Table. There's like thousands, thousands, and thousands of apps that already have Chat GPT or something similar built into their app. So you can't avoid it if you tried. It's coming right for you.
0: Well, the book is Chat GPT for Dummies. Pam Baker is the author. Pam, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. Next, food allergies impact different racial groups. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.